At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid back nature. He's a family man and being a country mega star while also having seven kids. You know, he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, the official podcast of your Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your daily podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team, the Charlotte Hornets. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us once again on the HHC. It's a special edition. It's episode 101. Our first hundred, we started off with a special interview with Hornets general manager Mitch Kupchak. And for our second century of podcasts, we are starting with another special guest. He's been the leading scorer throughout the regular season, a leader for this franchise over the last two years, and a man who's hoping to guide Buzz City back to the playoffs. Terry Rozier joins us today for the full edition of the Hornets Hivecast. Without further ado, let's welcome Terry Rozier here to the Hornets Hivecast. Terry, how are you? I'm good. How you doing, Sarah? I'm doing great. It's good to talk to you. It's been quite the season. want to take you back to the start of things. Uh, ahead of training camp, word had just gotten out that the team had brought along Gordon Hayward, had drafted LaMelo Ball. What were your expectations for the season heading into training camp? I had super high expectations. We all haven't played basketball in a while. Melo was probably longer than all of us. So I'm pretty sure, I, I mean, I was feeling super anxious to get out there and meet the guys, meet LaMelo, meet the other rookies, uh, be back with Gordon and see how it is. So I was just super anxious, I, I would say, and just ready to get at things. But I had high expectations of what we can do. Were you thinking playoffs, a particular seed? You know, I, I played on a playoff team, obviously, in Boston for all my years before coming over here. So I really... No, you know, you could think it. I feel like everybody has the same confidence before the season starts, but 
I know you got to take it one game at a time. It really have to be, you know, you have to, it have to be a great locker room and stuff like that. A lot of things have to click for you to get into the playoffs. So I think I was thinking it. I'm pretty sure I was, but I know me being on teams that played in the playoffs, you know, I have to take it one. You have to take it one game at a time and take it one step at a time. What was the game maybe early in the season that your suspicions that this might be a playoff team became a reality? That that it became clear to you? Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, this for sure can be a playoff team just now really just now yeah i mean I, yeah only because like obviously i know we got the talent we got but it's still i'm just really trying to install in people head that you only have to take it one game at a time and if you start looking so far ahead of playoffs then you can easily slip out we're we not we're not one of them teams that's already put on a pedestal we're not one of them teams that have all the you know we have a lot of superstars on there so it's a lot that can happen for the rest of the season. But, you know, seeing what has been happening lately, you know, it's very promising. And, you know, um, I'm just very excited on what we can become. But, you know, I just start to get that in my mind. that Okay, we, we keep we keep this up. We can really be a playoff team. But I just want to keep everybody humble and on the same page. And recently, the team's had to deal with a lot of adversity. Obviously, both LaMelo and Gordon getting hurt. Was it before or after those injuries that – that moment of clarity set in that maybe in spite of the injuries or once they come back, this is a team that's going to continue its role or to take off. Yeah. I mean, and this, and this is part of it. This is part of it. You lose guys on the way then they come back and join uh, something special, but uh, this is part of it. It's a lot of guys that that's going to get uh, great opportunities. We getting Gordon back. We getting Lee back. Don't know what's up with, with LaMelo far as the end of the season, but it's still, helps shaping this group and it's, it's still giving everybody confidence with their time and play and you know so I don't think we're really phased about the, the injuries uh, we just we, we just hope for a speedy recovery in them guys but we really trying to mold our group still. Going back to before the season you had had a great year your first year here in Charlotte averaging roughly 20 points per game you had been one of if not the premier players on the roster when you found out that Gordon and LaMelo were coming what did you think individually would happen to your points your usage rate your shots positively or negatively uh I didn't think negatively at all like I said before shots I'm I'm looking more as what we got on the team and, and, and what can who can help me who can play alongside me to get us to the you know to that next step and, you know, that's what I look at. If, you, if you're a winner, you don't really try to look at who can outbeat you in shots and stuff like that. We all, as a team, everybody try to make you go against your teammates and stuff like that. But, you know, just trying to understand that this is what we got and this is what we got to work with. So I was I was excited, the guys that we added to the roster, for sure. I knew it wasn't going to take nothing away from what I got going because I can, you know, I know how to play. Within the season, you guys have demonstrated yourselves to be one of, if not the best, clutch teams in the NBA. What is it about clutch time that is so in sync with what you guys do? Uh, I think we just super locked in. Uh, we work on a lot. Of, we work on clutch situations, and I think when you got number three on your team, I think you can make some big shots and make things happen. And when you got guys that's unselfish and they can look for them vice versa guys that can hit shots too it's very promising is it easier or harder performing in clutch time this season without a crowd i mean 
we top in the clutch list this year. We wasn't top in the clutch list last year. I don't know how to really answer that. Can't say. Because once the crowd came back a little bit, we still uh, made clutch things happen. So, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm, the fans is always a help. Is it something where you're in those moments, you know, everything is between the lines and you don't, you know, you don't hear, you don't see the crowd at all to begin with, so it doesn't really matter? Or is it something that maybe is more in the minds of your opponent than is in yours? I don't know. It it just seems curious. So much of like what we see in movies, sports movies about those clutch moments, the crowd's going wild or, or they're hushed waiting for something to happen. And this year is so unique. Yeah, hey, I think that... Uh... Even if we had a crowd this year, the same results would be. So I think we just got them clutch jeans. I think everything's just been going well for us. Buzz City, it's time to return to the Hive. There are a limited number of socially distanced tickets available for each game. Fans can expect enhanced cleaning and disinfection procedures and an upgraded ventilation system at Spectrum Center because the health and safety of the team, staff, and guests is the top priority at the Hive. Be there at Spectrum Center for a Sunday matinee April 11th when the Hornets host Trey Young and the Atlanta Hawks at 1 p.m. Tickets on sale now at Hornets.com. Terry Rose. Rogier, our guest today here on the Hornets Hivecast. Terry, want to get to know you a little bit better as a person growing up in Ohio. When did you realize you wanted to play in the NBA? Was that always your dream? No, I was a football guy. I love football. I play every sport. I grew up at a recreation center, Zelma George. So, you know, I, I, I was involved with every sport. And as I got older, I narrowed it down to, to, to two because football was my first love. So I always kept that in. In basketball, when I started playing AAU, in sixth or seventh grade, that's when I started loving basketball. So it came, it, it became, you know, my two favorites. Then I picked basketball over football. Obviously, I just wanted to stick with one. But I didn't think I could go to the league until Hargrave, probably right before college. That's when I was, like, nearly averaging a triple-double, and I felt like things was kind of easy for me. And I was like, well, yeah, I think I can go to the league. But before that, I just always said it, but never really, you know, it was never promising where I'm from. What was your position in football, out of curiosity? Oh, I play. I, I was a young Vic. As I got older, I kind of moved to wide receiver, but I used to think I was Vic. Couldn't nobody tell me I wasn't Michael Vic. So, number seven, right-handed Vic, quarterback. Then I played running back, and then I played wide receiver. And in basketball, who was your hero growing up? D-Way, A-I, mac Is that how you picked your number, number three? Yeah, D-Way, A-I, for sure. You've carried on that legacy well. You go to Louisville. What were your expectations playing there, and how did college go for you based off them? Expectations at Louisville, coming in with a point guard, was Chris Jones, who came in the same year. And uh, they just won a championship the year before I got there. So, you know, just just super excited to be in college and play ball and just to see what that's like. Louisville been my dream school ever since the Sebastian Telfair documentary that came out. So I fell in love with Louisville since then. And then so just for me to be there, I was just super excited. First year, you know, I had I had some promising games, some good games. So we I sat down with, with, with Patino that summer and, you know, we had one go and that was just to to, to kill and get me out of there. And, you know, that's it kinda worked out and, you know, I got to get drafted sixteen. But college was 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 a hell of a spirit it was fun for them two years we see so many guys come into college now with the expectation that they're going to be one and done and sometimes they'll leave college without even ever proving much of anything at the college level you chose to come back for a second year establish yourself as a star and then come out and obviously drafted top 20 what do you think 
players currently in college or about to go into college should have as the bar to determine whether or not they should be going to the pros? I just tell them to stay true, man. I, you know, I'm big on that, just staying true to yourself. If you can look yourself in the mirror and, and, and really be true to yourself and feel like you're ready for the league, then you should do it. I feel like there's a lot of people that feel pressure. They got people around them, and they see how the, how the other person did things or did it before them, and they feel like they got to do one year. And, you know, maybe they need that extra year. But, you know, I get it. It just sounds good and all that. But I knew for sure. Maybe if I didn't need it to, I was going to do the two because I had a lot of guards. I didn't establish myself. I didn't make enough noise out of after my first year to leave. Uh, you know, we still had Russ Smith. We had Chris, like I said, came in with Chris Jones. We had Anton. We had a lot of guards. So, you know, I, I, I didn't want to be selfish. And like I said, I sat down with, with Patino. Going into my second year, and we had one go. And, you know, them kids, I uh, said, you just got to be true to yourself. And I was able to go look myself in the mirror, be true to myself, and was like, I'm coming out this year. I'm ready. Do you think rookies are, I don't know, do you think guys are coming out too early, too often now? Like, when you go one-on-one with a rookie or you see a rookie's about to be guarding you, do you get excited, like, this guy's not ready for me? No, no I'm not saying no. I don't, you know, the younger the better. Shoot, that's how I feel, man. If you can get in this league, while you're young, the youngest you can, go for it. Go for it. You feel me? Well, just, you know, if you can do it, if you really can do it. But I, 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 I lick my child. It don't matter who guard me, to be honest with you. Like, I feel like I can score on anybody. And, you know, I still just want to play team ball. But, you know, I'm, I grew up at a park. I'm a one-on-one guy. You know, that's how I operate. So it don't matter if it's a rookie or whoever it is. But I do notice when you're a rookie, you got to learn a lot. I mean, because when you're going against these guys, I mean, I can use Lamarcus Aldridge, for example. Like, Lamarcus Aldridge has been in the league for a while, and you, you might come in the league now and be way faster, stronger than him, but he still got the smarts. He don't, you know, he's been in the league. He's not a, outsmart you in some ways, get you to foul. So you still, you got to learn that when you're young. And, you know, sometimes the one-on-one pride don't, don't be it. It just be the learning ability around the league and stuff like that. This season has been unlike any other in terms of all the the restrictions on your time, how much time you can be on the court, how much time you're supposed to spend in hotel rooms and and away from people to protect the team and yourself from COVID-19. What have you done to help pass the time? Man, watch shows, watch movies. That's all I'll be doing, man. And not. I try to even like a regular game day. I try to cheat like a regular day. Like I don't. Even, I try to clear my mind. I don't even think nothing about basketball until I show up to the arena. I try to, you know, I don't want to over overload my mind. But when I'm at home, it's like it's, it's all it's been is home and gym, home and gym, except when we travel. But you know, that's part of life. That 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 helps you lock it in. You don't really need too much. Obviously, we're going through crazy times right now, which is getting better. But I feel like a lot of guys have been able to lock in because, you know, it's just been home and arena, home and arena. And what to do, to, what I've been doing to pass my time and be in the stool a little bit, some raps, or I'll be watching shows and movies. That's about it. Do you have a favorite show or movie? Do you, do you repeat them a lot? My favorite show ever is uh, Prison Break. But I got a lot of I got a lot of shows. Like Money Heist about to come back out again. That's like fourth season. I don't watch Ozark. I don't watch every. Everything you can think of, man. Every show, I'm, I'm watching The Wire, Snowfall, one of my favorites. I can keep going on and off. Movies like, shoot, King Kong, Godzilla just came out on HBO Max. And they got Mortal Kombat. I'm a Mortal Kombat fanatic. I love Mortal Kombat. They come out April 16th, the movie. And they ain't come out in over 10 years, probably longer than that. So, 
No, just trying to find to ease my mind and pass my time. I take it you were a fan of the old uh, Mortal Kombat game. I still got the games. You ask, ask, ask Melo or Miles about me. We'll be on the road. You know, <laughs> they ain't that good at them, but I make them, I make them play me in the game and I whoop them. As things return to normal, what what's one thing off the court in Charlotte you've most been looking forward to doing? Uh, I, the weather cool for me, man. Just enjoying the weather, going on walks. I I came from Boston. It's cold right now. I love the weather out here. I wake up and feel good. So just enjoying the weather. Terry, one thing that I'm curious about with you, you've got a lot of tattoos. What's one of your favorite tattoos and why you got it or what it means to you? Probably the rose coming out of a concrete. A rose born out of a concrete, obviously, because it's like one of a mil- one in a million. That's how I feel like I am. And it's kind of like a, a thing that Tupac wrote on it. I'm a big Tupac fan. so, But I got a lot of por- portraits on me. Tupac, my big jersey. I got my kids face on me. I got a lot of I, I got a lot, man. I can't really say what's my favorite, but one that's uh, distinctive that we, I always see in your headshot. You have like an an owl on your chest or right right under your neck. On my neck. That's Prison Break right there. People don't know that, but I got that from Prison Break. The last uh, season is just deeper. I don't really get into it, but it's, it's deep. I just advise people to watch it if you if you. If you're so curious. Gotcha. Terry, one thing I've said to a, a couple other people, just get, getting to talk to you a little bit during the season, um, you've got such a unique way of explaining things that is both, like I said, unique, but you instantly understand it. I, I've told a lot of people, I think you'd be great whenever your career is over, which hopefully is a long, long time from now, as a broadcaster. Have you ever thought about that? No. <laughs> No, no, I, no! I ain't got nothing against it at all. So don't, don't. Well, I'm, I'm just laughing, but I don't have nothing against broadcasting. What do you think you'll end up doing when uh, your time on the floor is done? I don't know. I want to maximize all my time on that court, and when I'm really done with it, I can be done with it and walk away, and I don't want nothing to do with it. I don't want no broadcasting, nothing. I do want to help the youth. The youth, I'm there for that. Anything for the, for the youth. What's one thing in particular you'd like to, to do to give back to younger generations? Oh, I want to rebuild my whole recreation where I grew up at and, you know, just make sure, you know, kids got meals around here. Kids can have outlets to, you know, stay off the streets and, and, and play and, and play a lot of sports like I did when I was young to keep me busy. So I want to make the wrong decisions. I want to tighten up that whole area where I grew up and, and make sure the kids, you know, got an opportunity. One more personal type question before we get back to on the court. Your nickname, Scary Terry. What's the origin of it? Do you like it? I like it for an NBA name. I think it's I think it's legendary. It's like kind of I, I mess with it a lot. You now, like if I'm around my friends, I've been saying it's like ain't, ain't nobody calling me Scary Terry, but it's just like I don't want nobody around me just constantly calling me Scary Terry. But I do like the name, and I'm to be honest, I'm I'm about to get the Scary Terry back jumping. So just stay tuned. Bringing it to Charlotte. Hornets fans, during the month of April, the Charlotte Hornets and their official hunger relief partner, Food Lion Feeds, are launching the 2021 Dunk Hunger Food Drive to benefit Second Harvest Food Bank of Metrolina. The Bridges who throws it down with a right hand. For every Hornets dunk this month, slams it down with two hands. Food Lion will donate 1,000 meals. Terry Rozier throws it down over Kevin Durant. For more information on how you can help Food Lion and the Hornets dunk hunger, visit hornets.com slash dunk hunger. Terry Rozier, our guest today here on the Hornets Hivecast. Terry, the team is entering the final third of the season. 
there's a, a real tight cluster of squads, four through nine, all jockeying for position for the playoffs. What are your expectations for how these last 20-plus games will go and what spot you expect to see the team in the standings at the end of the regular season? Uh, I expect the rest of the season to be a dogfight. I don't expect to be nothing less than that. I think we're ready for it. We just got to understand there's going to be a dogfight. No game from here on out, I promise, no game is going to be easy. So I think we, I think we got to get ready for the next game. That's what I think. I'm not even giving us no prediction on the playoffs. I want to make the playoffs. I think we, we got to get ready for OKC. Have your goals or expectations from the start of the season altered at all? Like instead of just aiming to make the playoffs, making a top six seed or – or trying to host a playoff series or anything like that, or is it still big picture, roughly the same as the start of the year? Roughly the same, big picture day by day. And this team is obviously having to survive a lot of injuries here. What is the mindset when you go into a game knowing you're down three really significant scorers? I said, man, it's just it's, it's a lot of stories that, that can be told, and this can be one of them. Right now, you just got to hold it down. You can be part of the story. This is, you know, it's an opportunity for a lot of guys. This is this is still bringing us stronger because once you got soldiers that's down, you got to call on to your next ones and then it just bring everybody closer. So I feel like it's good for us. Everything happened for a reason. And I think it's, it's, it's going to work out. I think guys is going to get back healthy. And I think it's going to be great for us. And we can still look down that line and see that every guy contributed this whole season. The hope is certainly that those three guys are able to get back healthy before the season ends, but the group that's still healthy right now is basically the group that ended last season that was playing well before the stoppage and maybe had an opportunity taken from it to really prove what it could do in the final stretch. Is this maybe an opportunity for some unfinished business for this core group? Exactly. I think they they owed us the bubble last year. I think they let it slip away from them, so I think they – the basketball guys is making it up to us. The last 10 to 15 games is very home heavy. And the expectation is certainly there's a limited crowd that's been in the building at Spectrum Center. And the hope is maybe more fans will come in. What does it mean to finally, after a full year without getting to do it, play in front of the people of Charlotte again? Lovely. Lovely is I hope we can keep adding more. Uh, to go places like Boston, I feel like they have more fans than us. But, uh, you know, I don't want to rush nothing, but there's always have fans around, especially our fans. And I, I'm hearing from my people that you see it's more like it's like a new life in Charlotte. Like everybody's really happy about this year. So I know as many fans as we can have, they'll make sure they fill it up. But we're excited to have the guys back and uh, looking to see you guys every every night at home. Terry, greatly appreciate your time. Thanks so much for joining us today here on the Hornets Hivecast. For sure, man. Thanks for having me. Our thanks to Terry Rozier for joining us here on the Hornets Hivecast. And thanks to all of you for tuning in as well. A reminder, we'll have another edition of the Hornets Hivecast tomorrow, getting you ready for the resumption of play and this road trip in Oklahoma City. Till then, for everyone here, I'm Sam Farber, saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you with us on the Hornets Hivecast. And in the words of LaMelo Ball. Thank you. Have a good day. Wear your mask. Thanks for listening to the Hornets Hivecast. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com.